The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas, and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Why is shame such a powerful emotion? How does it affect us mentally, physically, emotionally? I'm Nadia Davis. I'm a mom, author, attorney, and kundalini yoga teacher who has experienced public shaming that brought me to my knees. On this podcast, I'm going to tell you how I'm living the work taking shame out of the shadows. I'll give you real-life advice and skills to take away with you throughout your day. You'll hear from powerful guests who have overcome trauma and emerged stronger than ever. You too can ban the shame within and around you. Join me. You are not alone. Welcome home, everybody. Today you have Dr. Stephen Polter and I, Nadia. I'm super happy that you're back here because our conversation today is following up with a holiday tip episode we did, um, which I encourage you to check out. And today, today we're going to continue on this, this tool-based practical way of transforming shame, identifying it and transforming it to your benefit. What does that all mean? For me, I had to find a way, like I had to write a map about Mm -hmm. what on earth was going on inside me. And teaching my kids today to put a name on feelings is kind of part of that. Then there was going back to childhood and identifying these core beliefs and these core wounds. Now, all of that sounds fine and dandy, but I know, I I know those Mm -hmm. feelings and road, treatment, jail, hospitalizations, and recovery, all of that was from what I believe is like the most unrecognized part of the human existence. We feel separate. We feel separate from each other, from our quote unquote true selves. And I explain what Mm -hmm. that means, but we have this sense of defectiveness for feeling anything at all. And that in Dr. Polter's beautiful mind is shame. It's a core, it's a secret belief. We are defective. And why is that? We're, we're spirits in a human body with a mind and we have a heart and we have feelings. Why is the most immediate feeling? You know, know, I, I get asked that question a lot and there's a duality in life as there is life and death, uh, winter, in summer, uh, 
light and dark. And that's just part of this life. It's part of the school of life. There's this duality. I tell people, don't get caught up in the why versus how do I resolve it? How do I rise above it of this delusion that you're not good enough or I'm not good enough? So, and it is, it's a belief. It's not a fact. Because you feel something doesn't make it a fact. And that's right. part of your, your core beliefs. Because people think feeling something is fact. No, it's not. Now, it's I'm going to share something. Yeah. Surviving a near-death car accident and mm-hmm. that experience gave me the blessing, ironically, mm-hmm. of of a place to seek to get to in this body and mind because I, yeah. I was given a chance to live. And so, I, you know, I, I know that these feelings and these thoughts separated me from what I experienced there. Past, Correct. present, future – Time isn't linear. Everything made sense. And so the, the, the quest to try and help people understand how the, these feelings and the sense of shame separates us from what I saw and I know is truth. We are all connected. We are yes. all whole, divine, and complete. Let's understand the middle. Let, let's understand our soul and then our mind and how it's separating us from that truth. That is like the bigger message. And so correct our feelings, let's allow ourselves to be vulnerable. And if there's one thing that I can teach my kids, if you cannot find that place outside you to share, to cry, to feel it all, whatever the feelings are, mm-hmm. whatever they are, anytime, if you can't find that place outside you, you can create that place within you. And it was a long journey to get to the point of feeling a home within. And so mm-hmm. today is the nuts and bolts, how we can use those feelings to our advantage and get connected. And so Dr. Polter, the psychology so, of feelings. <laughs> all of it. I learned, Nadia, what you just yeah. said is very, very important. Um, mental health is based on integration. Mental health is based on not being fragmented. It's being right. integrated and connected. That's mental health. Yes. I, get asked all, uh, I get asked all the time, so what, am I healthy? Well, of course you are, or you wouldn't ask that question. People who are really not right don't ask that question. <laughs> they don't. You know, <laughs> It's like someone asks you, am I drinking too much? Of course, you're drinking too much. Why would you ask that question? Right. You know, you know right. I, yeah. You know, am I doing am this? I doing, uh, and the opposite. Am I doing enough? Oh, did Correct. I do that well enough right, right now? Sometimes and, the opposite know. is the answer. But right. Your mental health is the umbrella, the CEO of your life. Mm-hmm. Your psychology is your core beliefs. Your emotions are how those beliefs, like a domino, how Got it. they impact how you emotionally connect to the world and your feelings are the feedback. I get it. In my new book, Modern Masculinity, mental health is the umbrella. Mm-hmm. It's the, it's Starbucks. Okay. But inside of Starbucks is your, the coffee machine. That's your psychology mm-hmm. that integrates everything. And your emotions are the outcome of that. And your feelings are what outside the store. What helped me to mm-hmm. separate to get to get out of the shame of 
believing right. I was my emotions mm-hmm. is is what you just said, like the the psychology, the emotions. I had yes. to see that all of that was mind made, and that my mind, yes, is in my body that's carrying mm-hmm. my soul, is survivalist in nature. So that's kind of right. the terminology that I use for us. It's like we are trying to survive, and and this isn't some drastic statement or whatever, but that's just the humans. The human spirit is in a body, and our mind is survivalist in nature. So for me, understanding the psychology and kind of separating myself a little bit to lower the shame, my psychology and my emotions are based on surviving. Correct. You know, and Nadia, that near-death experience you had and the things you went through impact the coffee machine. <laughs> and what gets poured into it is what we have control of. Okay. You know, it impacts that coffee machine and the outcome is our emotions and our feelings are outside the building, how we interact with that. But what you did was you changed what you're putting in the machine. Therefore, the output tasted much better. Well, now I know why I like coffee so much because it's been pouring <laughs> in our, some good stuff, some good right. creamer and some good yeah, stuff exactly. now. <laughs> you, exactly. And that's what – so shame interrupts what goes into, the mach, into your psychology. It intrudes. And the – Today, we want to talk about resolution. Yes. I think a lot of people, I see it all over, they're talking about shame. And then I read about, okay, so we're, you know, it's great we identify the problem, but who's talking about solutions? You know, we are talking about solutions today. And I call it advocating for your soul, your true self, your truth. So, okay. so listen and in, folks. Guys, You're going to advocate for love, think, your true self, and truth. How? Absolutely. And men, you know, usually they got two questions. Do you want my support or do you want me to fix it? <laughs> and I, I always laugh. Well, I want you to fix this one, but this is inside of you. Okay. All right. You've got the support, but now you've got to fixing it is the first step is acknowledging. Okay. And there's seven common things that how to um, put red flags on the dashboard of your life. The fear of embarrassment is one of them. Another one is for men particularly, women get shamed if they have too much anger, if they express anger, you know, if they are angry. And if men scare people with their anger, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. Another one is very calm is the imposter syndrome. And that mm-hmm. is if, if people get too close to me, they see I'm a fraud. That mm-hmm. is hands down, undiluted shame. Mm-hmm. That is a faulty belief system by yourself. And the good news is it is faulty. That means you can also fix it, heal it. Resolve it. The imposter syndrome everybody Huge. can relate to. Come on, folks. I mean, this is where mm-hmm. you're going in and you feel like you have to armor up. You feel like you have to present. You feel like everything yeah. is about presentation. And right. because you feel that people will see, oh, I'm actually kind of physically hurting. I'm actually angry. I'm actually really sad. I that mean, is the sh- imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. That's how it shows up for me. You know, I, I and for me sometimes, well, maybe not smart enough or, you know, you, you should know all this, but that's great. I don't need to be the smart one. I just need to be <laughs> competent. That's how I deal with it. I Love need to be that. competent. And when you're competent, I tell for men, we'll get to that in a minute, but imposter syndrome is really a quick window into what's going on inside of you. Another one is isolation. 
Can we know you tell me how it, okay, how did it feel for you? We, we want other men. There's in a, in, in a oh, nutshell. I think for men, yeah. they're reluctant to put themselves out there. They're reluctant. Now, I'm not talking the false bravado of mm-hmm. the old masculine of the John Wayne syndrome or mm-hmm. present day, it's terrible to even mention his name, but Jeffrey Epstein, where you have all the money and fame and position, you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. That, that that's compensating for what's not inside of you. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's compensating. That, and for men, it's the idea they're not enough. Tall enough, good enough, make enough money. Get a lot of guys with that one. Equate their self-worth with their net worth. And if their net okay. worth is high, their self-worth is high. And that's faulty, very faulty. So first you said fear of embarrassment and emotional paralysis. And it's Correct. an inner, two, it's, yeah. it, it deals with self-acceptance, mm-hmm. um, embarrassment. Okay. And then number two is the feeling angry, invisible, or worthless, yep. a distorted view of yourself. Number three Correct. is this imposter syndrome. Why is it that we feel like a fraud? Because mm-hmm. for it's hiding our feelings. It's like for some reason or another, we feel anything we're going through makes us defective. And then that leads to this sense of fraud. Correct. It's just, the core belief behind it. No one's bulletproof and no one's um, invincible. And mm-hmm. I think when you – vulnerability, you mentioned that earlier, is one of the keys to the way out of this maze. We'll, we'll go back to all that. Okay. Isolation. Okay. Isolation. But we can go through Number these real quick. But I really want to talk about how to deal with this, okay? Because I yes. think we've described these before. But now okay. I really want to talk about what for guys and for um, moms and women, how do we do this? Okay. Isolation. Number four, feeling, isolation. Yep. Number five, feeling suspicious, untrusting Not trusting people. Of people. Okay. Another one, number six, a lot of times it's um, fear of intimacy. You can only be so close to people. And that has. That is unequivocally um, unresolved childhood trauma. Something's happened in your past mm-hmm. where you just can't let someone get too close. Okay. And the other thing, number seven is underrated. Um, people pleasing, fear of criticism, codependence, okay. highly underrated. You know, okay. emotional cancer to me is codependence because your life is based on someone else's opinion of you. That's okay, dangerous. we can relate to all. Mm-hmm. categories of these emotions. This is just giving you some idea, a big picture of the mm-hmm. emotional triggers and how shame might show up. I did a core wound series and it kind of is a different way of like mapping out what these sure. beliefs were from childhood and how shame showed up. And that was mm-hmm. like fear of abandonment, a feeling of separation. So that's the isolation. Um, and right. it, it really helped to kind of have these blocks of of, of categories of different mm-hmm. emotions and ways that shame might show up. So those right. seven are great. Because, you know, what it does, Nadia, is ultimately we're more alike than we are different. Yes. We're more similar. We're more similar than not. And yes. these seven triggers are universal. They're not isolated to this country or any particular race, creed or color or wealth, it's universal. And it shows up 
in as many different ways as our people. But the you denominator. Know, it's so interesting. It's so interesting because I could literally put a chapter title next to any of these categories. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's so well organized out, and it, it's universal. This hits ha- mm-hmm. why shame is so rampant in the human existence. All of these categories. Yeah. I mean, they're gr- it's great. People spend a lifetime. I, I know I'm, I'm speaking about men, not to the exclusion of women, but a lot of guys in my I'll office believe that. Mm-hmm. that they have enough money or external success. A lot of guys have very do very well um, career-wise or finance, hedge funds, and it's almost like they get a, t- a free pass for this in, inner work. But what happens, they get to a certain age, 45, 50, kids have gone to college, and all of a sudden, the bill comes due. because you can work on one fourth of your life, but the other three, other 75% of you is going to require attention at some point. It can happen. It needs to be a heart attack, a stroke, a divorce, something happened. You lose your job. All of a sudden, the other 75% of your life goes, Hey, wait, wait you, well, you've been, it's been out of balance for too long. Exactly. And, and the reason why it's out of balance is because you don't feel good about yourself. Bottom line, you don't feel good. Because if you felt good about yourself, it wouldn't be out of balance. It just wouldn't be. It would be it would be more grounded, more level, more integrated. And it's hard for guys to talk about this, particularly imposter syndrome, you know, or you know, fear of criticism. All of them. They're difficult. Women, I think, are much better at it. Genuinely, I think mm-hmm. the sisterhood is embracing, and that's the key. As we uh, talk to men. The key is having a couple of men in your life you can be transparent with. If you're transparent, a lot of these yes, go ahead. shame can't exist. Right. It's, inf- yes. it's impossible. If you're transparent, shame's got to go. Turn the lights yes. on, it's no longer dark. It's so that simple. Why? Yes. You turn it's the lights so on, it's not green. dark. Yes. That's so, why AA is so strong, because it exposes the secret. Yes. When you expose a secret, everything's a whole lot easier to deal with. It's up to the individual to be fully honest. Correct. In that group and with themselves. So, so I would ask your yeah. As I, wa- I want to encourage. Yeah. Okay. Um, we as women, we feel this sense of abandonment and this isolation. This number four you pointed out. I did a whole. Mm-hmm. podcast episode on the fear of abandonment. And that overlaps with some of these other things. Because we have the, I, I had this fear of abandonment. I had this perfectionism. I had, you know, this grin and bear it mode. And again, it all mm-hmm. related to, will I be rejected? Will, will, I mean, from childhood, early, early on, we wake up in the morning and feel we have to be a certain way, be say, look a certain way as woman. And, and if you mm-hmm. really look behind it, I know throughout my life, it all came from this feelings of rejection, defectiveness, and inadequacy. I think it's really know, the common denominator for, for many. So I, Nadia, for all these seven people ask me, like, okay, doc, so what do I do now? I've got this information. What do I do? Right. I tell people, uh, 
three things we're going to do talk about. One is like the mapping you're doing. The mapping. I always ask people, what's the narrative in your head? What's the narrative? Everyone's got one. Everyone has one. Everyone has one. And you know, what helped me and is helping others is when when we close our eyes with breath or wherever you are in life, there's going to be one memory, one or two memories. Like it's a, it can even come Mm -hmm. from a visual that you've held onto as a child. Mm -hmm. What is that one narrative in your head? And, and what scene quote unquote, does it come from? Because that defines our relationship to the world. You know, like yours was the 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 glasses and that that experience yeah. that you explained. Mine was feeling like I'm in the closet. So yeah. so think Very about powerful. that. What is that one narrative? What is that one scene kind of that yeah. keeps coming up in your head? That's a really good point, Nadia, because I always ask people, tell me tell me about the first time you felt embarrassed. And usually feeling embarrassed is like it could be a lot of things, you know. A to Z. There's no, I've heard many stories from school, home, family stuff. And that's usually where the question about without proper emotional support at home, which a lot of us didn't get, we're not blaming. It's just a fact. That's where these beliefs started taking root. Okay. So the seeds got planted. Okay. It's our job to pull the roots out, not mow it over. Don't mow the weeds, just pull them out. Because when you pull them Got out, it. Right, so first you know, question, what what is the belief about yourself? Yeah, what's your inner narrative? Okay, inner narrative. Number two, when did you first think that thought? Okay, I mean, for me, and mm-hmm. universally, it was this yeah. sense of separation from others and mm-hmm. this feeling of defectiveness that made me fear rejection. Okay. And then the, the, that's explained all very well. Then the third point I asked people, what's the counter to that belief? What's the rebuttal to that uh, misnomer about you? That all of our true selves are whole, divine, and complete, and unchanged by any Your thought. true self is. I always make it first person. My true self yes. is infinite, divine, complete, and unchanged by anything anyone has said or done, including myself. Very proud. That is the home within. Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas, and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. 
They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And the fourth step, what action can you take with the new narrative? What's an action you can take to offset that? Because action changes our experience. Home is within you. Mm-hmm. But what's the action? There's always something a, you can do. A new narrative, a, a mantra, a breath, mm-hmm. a reminder of self that that is a thought. Yeah. It isn't me. Mm-hmm. That is a thought and only that of my mind. But I am not my mind. That's what I, I do. Okay. I agree. I think for a lot of people who maybe don't have as much insight or that. That's the little system. girl. It's the little girl. I think for a lot of men that if they don't make enough money or they're not athletic enough, they're not, they're not good enough. I cannot I tell you how pervasive that is. I'm telling you that is so underrated. Well, you know I'm, what, between what you're saying now and between mm-hmm. where I was able to go, the yeah. middle step is it's, there's a little boy and there's a little girl. Yes. That needs to us. be embraced. And that's where the feelings are. So yeah. that, that is, it's like, I can tell her, I can tell, a, you know, I can see the mm-hmm. little boy in a man and, Correct. and say, you know, I, un- that is your reality that your truth is that you feel mm-hmm. this way. You know, you, you have all these wonderful things about you and uh, and these valuable items and these successes. How are you feeling within? And do you know that you are whole, divine, and complete, like how I speak to my sons? Right. So going back to the inner narrative. Okay. Nadia, that is, every culture's got one. Every father's got one. Mom's got one. Kids have one. And to, identifying that is very courageous. People talk pa- about Pandora's box. That's blowing the lid off the box. Yes. You want to blow the lid off? Talk about your core belief. Because that opens the door to a lot of stuff that might have gotten shoved way, way down there. Absolutely. And, and it's the way that we've related to the world and ourselves for our whole life. Yep. You know, knowing that inner narrative, the inner narrative, because that offsets, you can't be an imposter when you start dealing with your inner narrative. Right. You can't be embarrassed or feel that people see you. You've already outed yourself in a great way. Right. And you feel less alone. It's like, it's like you're looking at your little boy or little girl in in the face and that's all that's needed. You walk into a room and there's no, Mm -hmm. There's no feeling of fraud. You know you're right. listening. You know, it's hard because I, I get a lot of people get caught up in codependency, placating, people pleasing. And it's hard. We'll talk about how to have boundaries, but knowing that their opinion about you isn't as important as the opinion about yourself. Yes. And that is part of what eradicates shame. You want to you know, flush shame down the drain. Who do you give your power to? 
Now, there's a tricky point there because Mm -hmm. we may be deluding ourselves with blame, with I did everything right. And so this is honest narrative. Oh, yeah. We're talking – I always use the analogy uh, in every relationship. It's a tennis game. You only Mm -hmm. own 100 of your 50. (laughs) It takes two to play tennis. And no one is completely responsible for the outcome of that game. You're participating Mm -hmm. too. Right. And I'll tell you, that's really hard for a lot of guys. They're finger pointing. I go, you're not blaming your wife. You're blaming your mother. And it's shame projected. That's what blame is. Yeah, blame is it's all related. But when you start taking responsibility, and that's part of the inner narrative. Okay. That inner narrative, if that's all we ever talk about, that's having someone, a Maserati, and say, have a good drive. They're going to get someplace. Yes. The potential is unlimited. It's up to them to drive it. It's up to them. And I find with men, when they start dealing with their inner narrative, they stop. A lot of things change. And particularly addictive behaviors. Yes. They go out the window. They can't, they can't coexist. I mean, yes. You, you know about this very well, personally and professionally. You know about that. I get guys that are addicted to uh, the internet or different venues on that. And once we start dealing with your core belief, that inner narrative, you don't need that addiction. Right. You can talk. it's all avoiding. It's all right. avoiding that Not little it. wounded boy or girl. And, mm-hmm. and it's shame that is See, causing. And, and I tell men, part of mental health for men is – being able to tolerate vulnerability. Yes. And I'm not talking about standing in front of a crowd telling your life story. Vulnerability with yourself. I believe two out of three women have been inappropriately touched at one point in their life. Terrible. I, I wish I didn't know that, but I, that's been my professional experience. And I believe at least one out of four men have been inappropriately touched. Maybe it's one out of three. And of that group, no one talks. Particularly men. No women one. are much better. Yeah. Men, women are much know, better at talking about gosh, it. Gosh, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Because you know, women are great about that. I love that. And it women is only want men. in that knowing that that this narcissistic personality disorder and stuff we see out there, we know that those men that are doing nothing but blaming and projecting shame have had a very deep wound in their past. Oh. That there there is Hidden I mean, abuse and that belief that we're talking mm-hmm. about, that inner narrative that that, yes. that arrives and and it's they're nothing but trying to prove that narrative wrong in all the wrong Correct. ways. Very well said. And we're not simplifying narcissism. I find that someone who's obnoxiously self-centered has been incredibly violated at some point in their past. No empathy. It's 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 bizarre. Oh, a lack of empathy goes back to something very dramatic happened, a style of parenting. Um, men who were molested, no one wants to talk about it, uh, whether it be verbally, emotionally, or literally, that sets the stage for, I got to cover this up. It's the most severe lack of an ability to find that inner narrative. And well, it's, it's a very, I don't want, there's a lot of things that are severe, but one of them is not looking inside your life. If yes. you're not doing that, 
you're driving with your eyes closed. You're so going to hit a tree. You're going to run off the road of life. Right. Absolutely. And and yes, the truth always comes out in the end. So that's on an extreme. Now, moving away from that, mm-hmm. if somebody is working with you and they're handed and the what, what this narrative, all of a sudden, they're like, oh my gosh, okay, I see. There was this fear of abandonment and they're handed that, that mm-hmm. Maserati slowly then that the the fear the rejection yep. the isolation and all of that starts lifting off correct and even through relapses there's there's more and more discovery mm-hmm. and so that is the most powerful thing and the opposite of you the know, condition you just talked about you know see it, we're on a spiritual journey okay call it your life path call it your life journey it's a spiritual journey and people kind of balk and get weird about it it's okay but part of it is our healing is getting reconnected to our best self inside of us. Yes. And we talk about shame is mud on the gold brick inside of you. It's mud. And I talk about people say, what's toxic masculinity? I mean, rather than talk about that, I want to talk about what healthy masculinity is integrating. You're, you're dealing with that, that um, lost boy inside of you. Yes. Because when you deal with the lost boy, a lot of things are resolved. And women know it. Women know a guy who's resolved his lost boy. He doesn't need to tell you. You just feel it. He feels safe. You can talk to him. He's not dangerous. In quotes. He's not dangerous. I ask and women all the time, does he feel dangerous? That, that exists. Yeah. Maybe not physically, but emotionally or verbally. You know, and that is because that lost boy in him hasn't been um Civilized, healed, exactly. spoken to, lovingly. And men need that. And men do to, need that. It, listen, I'm not um, um, excluding women, but women are on the path. <laughs> they want guys to get on the path with them. You know, they want guy. They want their partners, their sons, their husbands, their brothers. Come on, come on, come on, join us. Join us, and I and. Home is within you is the path to do that within yes. within yourself. Mm-hmm. So after we identify these narratives, then what is the next step? We're standing at the cliff. We're standing on the side of the road. Of you know, what's the? We see the identifying big, that narrative. What's the we rebuttal? See our inner child. Okay, what's the rebuttal? Rebuttal because the rebuttal brings you back to present day. Because the goal is to separate the past from the present. If you're in the present, your life's a lot easier. I mean, all the gurus talk about that for 10,000 years. You live in the present, you're in mastery. Reminding ourselves of our true infinite selves and the truth, Mm -hmm. regardless of whatever is going on around us. Correct. Um, later in life, when I had separation from my kids and it was mm-hmm. nothing but the system and everything outside me, defective, defective, defective. Yeah. I, ironically, it really was at that point where I was discovering the inner narrative and then I created a new narrative and belief that through meditation and breath that got me to the point of recognizing that truth I saw in the near-death car accident. And Mm -hmm. the more and more I reminded myself with that new belief, that new narrative, the easier it it became to face my own shame and then the outside shaming. 
the narrative is lifelong. Yes. As Gandhi said, you're healing to the day you leave here. He didn't stop once he liberated India. He kept going. All right. Because we're in a mind. Yeah, it'll come up all the time. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fluid process. It's not a destination. We know that. It's a process. And what you've done is that narrative, that re, the rebuttal to it will continue to evolve. Nadia, you've done your book. You're doing this work. You're working with more and more people. That's expanding your rebuttal. Okay. That's expanding your rebuttal. So yes. you've got the platform. Yes. Now you're building the building. See, it'd be exciting to see where you are three years now because you won't be the same woman you are now in a great way. Mm-hmm. You've already done the fork in the road. You've already done the hardest work was to acknowledge it. And guys, if you acknowledge it, you're not getting divorced. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, seventy-five. Jonathan Gutman, forgive me, I always quote him. One of my life goals is to meet with him personally, and I will. I just need to make that happen. Is He interviewed 4,400 women after they got divorced. His team, why'd you get divorced? 70% said one thing. My husband wasn't vulnerable. He would not share that with me. Because his narrative, okay, my translation, the other 30%, they, got, they should get divorced. This is weird stuff. Okay, nobody argues that 30. Gosh, but you 70, hit that yeah, on a nail. Yeah, that 70%, that's in here. I got a guy in my office right now, literally last night. I think my wife's going to leave me. Be honest with her. About what? How about the fact you were, you know, something terrible happened in your childhood? Oh, uh, no, no, no. And how you've responded to the pain of that. How you've wanted to offset that. You're a great guy. Stop running. Who are you running from? And they look at me like they saw a ghost. on a nail. Yeah. I go, who are you running from? I go, I don't care who you talk to at the end of the day. They're going to tell you the same. Come home. Your book. Home within. And and for men, see, women love you because they want to help their guy. They want to help him. I mean, they my can't wife if, if he's not being yeah. honest and vulnerable. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've got two sons. I want them to be. I want their best strength to be their emotional aptitude. Because mm-hmm. if they're emotionally aptitude, they're going to have positive, fulfilling relationships with their wife, partners, gay or straight doesn't matter. But they're going to have very positive relationships that enhance their life and the people around them. And you know, and, it, and if you're doing that, Nadia. You're, and yes. like your kids, you're teaching them that your narrative keeps expanding. It's not one and done. It's one and starting. Yes. It's That's one and I now you're starting. charts on the wall. And I yeah. can tell you the extreme experiences in relationship where one was so unable to connect to that, that little boy. Um, mm-hmm. Their fear caused them to breach my trust. And I still was understanding and they still couldn't be connected with their inner child and, and mm-hmm. be honest with how they handled the pain still. And then it became this narcissistic kind of projection. Okay. But then on the opposite extreme, one, you know, years later in a different time in life, able to it was beginning that work. And so the discussion and the dialogue, actually, mm-hmm. we both grew through the relationship and, and amicably ended it. Um, and it's just very different. And it all depends on 
each individual having that relationship with their inner child to be able to be honest with others. Nadia, women want, tell me if this is true or false, women want a man more than anything else who has emotionally, has empathy is the ability to identify with you. But I can't have empathy unless I've developed compassion for myself. Yes. If I don't have compassion, I don't have shit. And you know what? Once that starts happening too, it, mm-hmm. they get so scared. Be, at, at, right at the cusp, they had revealed more to me than anybody in their life, they said. And it's like and, the exact opposite. It's just such a fear. Correct. And it's, 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 it Narcissism. makes me sad for the men in the world. Yeah. It really does. And we, and I, your book is getting, getting us get past there. that. It's yeah. going to get we're, us there. We're going to get us there. We're, we're all getting there together. Yes. And the idea is, I ask, what's the most important thing you want in a, in a partner? And the answer I've gotten is they want a man that can engage with them. Engage emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Not just physically. Physically is great too. Not not minimizing, but you, that can't be the glue because that's not going to hold. You can't fake that. No, you can't. Woman, woman can read through. Facade, without, like, read no right through. Yeah, read right through because you know as they say a good intimate relationship starts in the kitchen. And that's talking. That's connecting. Spending yes. time together, and that's being kind. And when it's a beautiful thing. And relationships yeah. are opportunities to heal. Every time well, we are. get well, triggered by another, that's where we go back to the, the theme of this yeah. episode. Every time we are triggered, it's an opportunity to go back and talk to that little boy and little girl within us and say, what came up? What so, needs to be processed? And then so, process that on our own rather than projecting and maybe share about that learning and experience. Before you can share, other. Nadia. Before you can share, you got to own it. Yes. Okay. I heard what you just said. That there's that's maybe step number four. First of all, you have to acknowledge there is a, a narrative. And number two, what is it, and what does it say about you? Acknowledge the narrative. And what is it, it, and what does it say about you? You. And then a okay. counter narrative. Correct. Well, let's stop there. That's as far as we need to go in this podcast. Okay. Because I don't want well, this. What get- was number four? You said one thing. One, what's the narrative? Two, where, what's the rebuttal to it? All right. And I think before we get to knowing those two steps, that allows okay. you to sit with yourself and start to take different action in your life. And fourthly, it allows you to connect with yourself and the most important people in your life. And all it takes, folks, what helped me, we can sit in a quiet space mm-hmm. of our own and breathe deeply and just say, hey, little one, what's going on today? Just start with that. I think with men, that's awesome. I think a lot of men need to hear, you're okay. Yes. You're okay. When I tell men they're okay, the door opens. Women hey, everyone. are nurturers, and I love that. But in order for guys to experience nurturing, they have to say, okay, I'm okay. I can take that in. If you don't feel okay, you can't sit down. You can't stop moving. If you don't feel okay, until you feel okay, you feel your emotions, your psychology, your mental health, it's 
We're going backwards. We're starting at the core. You gotta get to that point where you're, you're okay. The end of life that we are okay with sitting Let me tell you, with ourselves and the little one inside you know, in our home. As a mom, you want your son or daughter to marry someone, have a relationship with someone who is okay with themselves. If they're okay with themselves, they're okay with them. Yes. And that is gold. That that makes that is work. gold. That's gold. Okay, we're aiming for that. Thank you, Dr. Polter. <laughs> Check out the next episode, folks, because yes. it's a follow-up on this, okay? Let's do this. Come on. Send Come on, me warm hugs. Download and, the Mind Body Spirit app and send me a message through the open app tab. And send me warm you are, hugs. Warm hugs. And wherever you are listening to this, just what's the narrative? That's all I want you to think about today. Perfect. What is that narrative? Thank you. You are not alone. If you are dealing with shame and trauma, please reach out to me through my website, nadia-davis.com. You can get a free band shame tip sheet and find out about upcoming events. I'd love it if you picked up my book, Home is Within You, wherever books are sold. If you like this podcast, please tell a friend, leave a review, and make sure to follow me on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sending warm hugs. I'm Liz Winter and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.